In today's podcast, we're going to discover the seven wonders of Ireland. Thanks again for joining me here on the Traveling in Ireland podcast. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know that I always end by asking my guests what places they think that visitors should add to an Ireland itinerary. Well, I've gotten some great answers over the years, and just recently, The Independent, which is an Irish publication, actually polled their own readers on the top seven wonders of Ireland. So it was kind of like I was getting this great insight from all over Ireland about what they think people should visit and their top spots that maybe are still on their bucket list or that that they think people should visit. So it was kind of a great insight. So today I'm going to be sharing the results of that poll and some tips of my own as well as free itineraries you can download that include those sites. But before we get started, I have a huge favor to ask. If you have enjoyed the Traveling in Ireland podcast, or if you found it really helpful in planning your own Ireland vacation, I would be so grateful if you would leave a five-star review at iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast host. Your reviews really do help people find me when they're looking for their own Ireland advice. So... We're going to dig into these Ireland Seven Wonders. Now, the first thing you need to know is that you'll probably need a car to get to most of these sites. Some of them might be on um, Ireland tour routes, but some of them aren't. So if you are after a car, I personally use and recommend Irish car rentals. And if you use my code IFV, That's IFV for Ireland Family Vacations. In the promotions box, you will save an extra 10%. Okay, now, are you ready to dig into these seven wonders? We're going to start with number seven. And number seven, I actually got to experience just this last June when I was in Ireland. And it is Scattery Island. Now, Scattery Island is a 6th century monastic settlement. It's actually a small island located in the Shannon Estuary. So if you happen to be taking the Shannon Ferry across the River Shannon, maybe between um, the Burren and the Cliffs of Moore and County Kerry, you're not too far away from Kilrush. Now, it takes about a half hour on a little ferry boat to get out to Scattery Island but it's a really amazing site. It has six churches, a round tower, and it's an OPW heritage site. So during the high season, there is a guide out there to take you around the island. Now, you'll want to plan a few hours to visit Scattery Island, but it's time well spent. It's a it's a site that not a lot of people visit. So Unlike maybe Glendalough, which can seem really, really busy and really crowded, Scattery Island is like a breath of fresh air at a really amazing monastic site. Now, the one thing to remember is that even though Scattery Island is an OPW heritage site, it is not, 
how should I say this? The, the ferry ride over is not free with an OPW card. So once you get to the island, there's no fee for visiting, but you will have to pay for the ferry over. If you want more information on how to fit Scattery Island into your itinerary, you can download either the Southwest Sampler or the two-week adventure itinerary and find more information on how to fit that into your day. I promise you will not regret visiting this really incredible monastic site. Okay, now on to number six. Number six is Newgrange. So Newgrange is older than Stonehenge and the Egyptian pyramids, and it's engineered in a way which aligns a small window to the winter solstice. So it's one of those really intriguing, very ancient sites. It draws people all year round, but especially at the winter solstice, they actually hold a lottery because only a few people can get in and it only is for a couple of days when, when that light actually shines through. So it's a really incredible ancient site. Now, the New Grange is, New Grange is part of a whole kind of cluster in the Brunabuena area and it's only accessible by tour. So you can't just walk up to it. The tours can be booked online in advance and Newgrange is actually one of Ireland's three UNESCO World Heritage Sites. The other two are also on this list, which is really incredible. Now, if you want to visit Newgrange, I do highly recommend booking ahead. It's a very popular site and it can, you, you can have a wait. The visitor center is very nice, um, but you can have a bit of a wait there. And it can be, it can feel kind of, I don't know, almost like you're herded through. And of course that is to protect the site. Like I said, it's incredibly ancient, um, it's fragile, and you want to keep it around, you know, for as long as possible, right? So it, it can feel a little bit like you're confined. Now, if you want to visit a passage tomb without the crowds, I love the Lock Crew Cairns, which are also in County Meath. They're further to the west. It's a steep climb up a hill, but there's there's not the crowds. It's a smaller passage tomb, but you can go in. So it's not as restrictive, and the OPW is there. It's a free site to visit. Um, OPW does tours there in the high summer season. So if you want to get the feel of Newgrange without visiting Newgrange, Lock Crew Cairns is really a terrific spot. Okay, on to number five. Number five is the Skellig Islands. So the Skellig Islands really rose to fame in the last few years with the Star Wars um, filming there and it being, you know, Luke Skywalker's home and all of that. But the monastic settlement of beehive huts and stone stairs have been around since between the 6th and 8th centuries. So they're, they're old. And they're actually mentioned in writings that date even further back than that. But the monastic settlement was between the 6th and the 8th century. This is the second of three of Ireland's UNESCO World Heritage Sites that are in this list. Now, the Skelligs are very popular. And I don't think people really realize just how dangerous they can be or that they aren't a trip for everyone. So I do have a few tips before you consider a trip to Skellig Michael. 
Number one, know that the boats that go out to um, the main island, the small island is a bird sanctuary, you cannot visit it, but the main island with the monastery, the boats are seasonal. They only run part of the year, usually May through late September or early October, and they are completely weather dependent. On bad weather days, these boats will not go out. It is far too dangerous. You do want to plan if you want to go out to the islands and you book a tour, plan to stay a few days in the area because if that boat cancels, you need to be there to go out on the one that goes out the day after that or the day after that. If you spend too little time there and you only plan for one single day and the weather isn't just right, you're not going to get out to the island. Even on a calm day, the waters out around the Skelligs are quite choppy. If you have, you know, if you're if you're prone to seasickness, you will get sick on this boat. If you are not prone to seasickness, you still might get sick on this boat. It is not a smooth ride. So just keep that in mind. There are no facilities on the island, so you need to come prepared with food and water. Also, you will be taking everything back off the island with you. Any garbage, any recycling, anything. Anything that goes on the island with you needs to come off the island with you. And finally, this is not a trip for small children. It's not a trip for people with a fear of heights, and it's not a trip for people with disabilities. There have been injuries on this island. They have had to remove people with helicopters and emergency access from this island. So really do your research before you decide that you want to visit Skellig Michael. Now, if you want an alternate experience, explore the Skellig Ring. The Skellig Ring is actually a small loop tour off of the Ring of Kerry. It's has some beautiful amazing views it has your amazing cliffside coasts and i will say that there is an incredible chocolate shop there called the skellig chocolates so this is a really nice addition or maybe an alternate to the ring of carry which is incredibly incredibly popular the one thing I would recommend is if you decide that you want to do the ring of carry and or the skellig ring hire a professional driver guide. The Skellig Ring is very narrow. There are a lot of blind spots on it. Um, now, while big tour buses can't get down there, you are finding more and more traffic. And if you're not prepared to pop around a corner and hit your brakes immediately, you could have an accident. So I highly recommend on the Skellig Ring and even the Ring of Kerry, a driver guide, just because you know, you, you want to enjoy the ride. You want to enjoy what you're seeing. And a lot of the times, if you're driving it, you can't enjoy it. So that's my big tip for the Skelligs. Number four is the Giant's Causeway. This is the third of the three Ireland UNESCO World Heritage Sites. Now, whether you believe these basalt columns were laid by the giant Finn McCool as he, you know, crossed over to Scotland, or if they're the result of volcanic activity, which I suppose science has proven, um, there's no denying just the feeling of awe and amazement as you stand on these stones. They are really, they're just phenomenal. And 
there's a reason they're popular. It's just because they almost don't seem real, in all honesty. They they seem like you're standing in a land of imagination. They're just incredible. But with that incredible feeling and the incredible views come a lot of people. And if you visit during the high season especially, and even in the, the fall and the winter and the spring, it's always busy. So my recommendation is to either go early before the visitor center opens, which is 9 a.m. Um, in the high season. So if you can get there early, do. Otherwise, take an alternate route. There's a great walking trail up above the, um, the main causeway that really gives you a terrific view. But get off that grand causeway and, and explore it a little bit further and you'll get a completely different experience. Now, I actually did just visit the Giants Causeway this past June. We went beyond the Visitor Center. We went beyond the Grand Causeway. And once you get out of those places, it you'll still run into people, but it's a much more relaxing open visit. So there is in the show notes a link to my updated article about visiting the Giants Causeway. It's going to give you my recommended route if you decide to walk along the cliffs, as well as some tips for where to park and visiting. Now, the Giants Causeway is included in the Ulster Overview itinerary, and that will also give you a lot more ideas of what to do along the Causeway Coastal Route, and you know, maybe spend more than a day or two. It really is worth it. So site number three are the Schlieve League Cliffs. Now you've probably, you might have heard of the Schlieve League Cliffs. They're becoming more popular over time. They're located in County Donegal, which is the furthest northwest county in the Republic of Ireland. So they're remote. They're not incredibly easy to get to, but they are absolutely stunning. They're actually about three times higher than the Cliffs of Moher and topping out at uh, 1,972 feet, which you would think would bring hordes of visitors, but they only receive a tenth of the visitor traffic of those famous, famous cliffs down to the south. So there is a road that leads to the top of the Schlieve League Cliffs, but in my opinion, the best way to really take them in is to hike from the, the low parking lot up to the top. It's a walk, but it's all paved, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. You feel the ground kind of rise up beneath your feet, and the views just become more and more spectacular as you go. Now, if you're an experienced hiker, plan the time, and this is like three or four hours of time, to take in the Pilgrim's Path and One Man's Pass loops up on top of the Schlieve League Cliffs. There is absolutely nothing like it, but you do need to be a relatively seasoned hiker and uh, have a decent fitness level to do this. So if you're not sure that that's you, it probably isn't, and you will really love the views there at the top of the, um, the motorway. It's not really a motorway, I guess, but up at the top, um, of the Schlieve League Cliffs in the parking area and maybe a wee bit above that. The Schlieve League Cliffs are also included in the Ulster Overview itinerary. So it's a great way to kind of take in Northern Ireland and Donegal. That said, 
that is a 10-day itinerary. It's not something you're going to kind of zip through. But if if these if the Schlieve Cliffs and the Giants Causeway coastal route are on your on your must-see in Ireland, the Ulster overview is a great option of an itinerary. All right. The second second wonder of Ireland is Fastnet Rock. Now, of all of the items on this list, I think Fastnet Rock is probably the one that most people have not heard of. You might have re heard it referred to as Ireland's Teardrop. And I think that it kind of made the list for emotional and sentimental purposes because this rock, this little outcropping in the ocean that is home to Ireland's tallest lighthouse was often the very last site of Ireland that immigrants to America would see. So it has a lot of sentimental purpose to it. It's located south of um, County Cork. It's about, uh, I don't know, 12 or 13 miles out into the ocean. So there is a tour that goes out there it includes a stop at Cape Clear Island to explore the Fastnet Exhibition and the Fastnet Rock Heritage Center. And then on this tour, you will circumnavigate the island. You'll get incredible views of the lighthouse. It's a truly, uh, it's, it's such a photogenic spot and it really is very moving to see this massive lighthouse on this, this wee tiny rock. I mean, the lighthouse almost takes up all, all of the rock um, so it's an emotional spot and if you're lucky on this boat tour you will also see whales and dolphins and this brings us to the number one spot the top of the top of uh, the seven wonders of Ireland and you can probably guess it it is the Cliffs of Moher they are the most popular natural attraction in Ireland and many people kind of feel like they are the calling card for Ireland's west coast. It's the Cliffs of Moher are just that iconic postcard view of Ireland with the cliffs kind of marching in a row like soldiers battling against the Atlantic. They're just spectacular. I have been multiple times in 20 years, probably I don't know, 12, 15 times. And the mood of the Cliffs of Moher, dependent on the weather, the sun, the rain, the wind, the clouds, it feels different every time I visit. And I have never been disappointed in a stop at the Cliffs of Moher. Now, the thing to know about the Cliffs of Moher is that it will always be busy. It's busy in the high seasons of June, July, and August. It's busy in the shoulder seasons of April, May, September, and October. It is even busy in January. I was there the past this past January, and there were tour buses just lined up at the cliffs. So it will always be vis busy. Now, that said, the Visitor Center is a really incredible spot to learn everything you can about the cliffs. It's highly interactive, and it's a great place if you're traveling with children to go in and really get a great feel of the cliffs. Now, outside of the Visitor Center, there are paths up to the cliffs. They are accessible. There is a low viewing point. There is a high viewing point. You can even climb to the top of O'Brien's Tower, which was built as a viewing point a couple hundred years ago when people were going there to take in the spectacular views. It has always, always been popular.
Now, if you want to escape the heaviest crowds at the Cliffs of Moher, walk the Cliffs Trail on either side of the actual park. Now, the thing to know about this is there are no guardrails. There are no safety measures. It is up to you to stay on the path. Do not go closer. Don't try to get that, you know, that selfie that's as close to the edge of the cliffs as you can. People do and can fall from these cliffs, and they do and can die. So use common sense if you are outside of the park. If you're traveling with children, please don't let that scare you. Inside the actual Cliffs of Moher um, Park, there are very high limestone walls. If you are in the actual park, you will not fall over. You will not get hurt. There are rangers on duty to keep you safe. So don't, don't let my warnings about the trail scare you and keep you from visiting the Cliffs of Moher with kids. If you stay within the park, it is incredibly safe and is well worth doing. Now, another way to view the Cliffs of Moher is from below. There are Cliffs of Moher boat tours that leave from Doolin, which is the village just to the north of the cliffs. I personally use Doolin to Erin Ferries. They do a one hour tour to the base of the cliffs around the sea stack, and they give you a really great guided tour on the boat. So definitely Cliffs of Moher, it's the number one natural attraction in Ireland, and they are always worth a visit if you're in the area. The Cliffs of Moher are included in the Southwest Sampler, the two-week adventure itinerary, and my spend your vacation in Doolin itineraries. So you will find plenty of information on touring that location in those. So that is Ireland's top seven wonders. Did any of your bucket list items make it on there? I hope they did. And I hope that it helped you kind of decide a few things, maybe gave you some information that you didn't have. So again, thank you so much for listening to the Traveling in Ireland podcast. Please, if this helped you, if you enjoyed it, do leave me a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me directly, Jody, J-O-D-Y, at IrelandFamilyVacations.com. Thanks again so much for listening, and until next time, Slanga full.